Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number 108. This is the final hour of the Facebook live stream that I recorded with the Motley crew of Mopars, Chris Maddox from the Mad Fro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage podcast, Blake Anderman from DIY Hemi, and of course, our friend Johnny Mopar. We all sat down and talked to Mopars, and we also had our buddy Trevor join us for a little bit on the show as well. This is part three of our three-hour show, and it was a blast as usual. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars, live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. When we went to duct tape drags and Ruben came over to where I was at, right? We're BSing. And then he's actually calling Blake, the other Blake, uh, Battery Productions Blake, and um, Derek from uh, Vice Grips Garage is like parked right in front of us. And he's got like a big ass, I assume, like Duramax diesel quad cab lifted four by four truck i mean i don't know if it was four by four for sure but the thing looked like it was probably over a hundred thousand you know 90 to a hundred thousand dollar truck box trailer behind it like a long one not just big enough for one car it looked like it was long enough for two cars big big box trailer and he's pulling out like a crappy roadkill looking you know chevy pickup truck with a six cylinder in it you know and it's like it's the typical thing you would see on his channel but i mean just kind of like seeing that in front of you it's like man this guy this guy is successful at youtube like this guy is fucking living the dream you know what i mean mm. i mean yeah if he could come all the way because he's i think he moved to tennessee Right, I think oh, wow. he lives somewhere else, and he moved to Tennessee. But he's coming all the way from Tennessee, all the way out here to or to Arizona to do the duct tape drags, and he's got a badass rig, badass trailer, and uh, somewhat of a hoopty truck. Shit box, you, know? you can say it. You can shit say box. shit box. He's rolling. He's got a shit box. <laughs> all right, and he's doing burnouts in the burnout box, and he's going <laughs> slow as hell down the drag strip in it. But he's having a good time. But I mean. I'm just, I'm just, to me, that was like making the YouTube thing a success. And if you can make, like that guy's making enough money to, he, as far as I know, that's all he does. You know, I don't even think he has a regular job. He's just doing YouTube and he's successful at it. So it's possible. It's if possible. I had, very possible. if I, if my Facebook numbers, some of them. If some of those numbers were YouTube numbers, I would be I would be making a pretty decent amount of money. I've, I'm still surprised at some of the videos that I've recorded and how many views they had. Because I I heard that you don't start making real money with YouTube, like life changing money with YouTube, until you start hitting millions of views. Um, yeah, I, I I think I have one or two videos that have hit over a million. Um, wow, that's that's crazy. It is yeah, crazy. He's got like. I think he's got 940,000 subs and a lot of his wow. videos have got like anywhere from three to 6 million views. That's insane. Yeah. And he's got a lot of them, a lot of them up there. So do you know how long he's been doing YouTube? I do not. 
I cannot. Because I just I know Facebook blew up somewhat recently. Like it, I hadn't ever heard of Alex Vieri until maybe eight months ago or so. And then suddenly, like, he's this huge deal about Vice Grips Garage and him and Freiberger are buddies. He's hanging out yeah. with Alex Taylor, who incidentally is from Arkansas. That's another selling point. Um, <laughs> um, so he's, he got I, successful I he moving from. to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know what happened. I don't know what he did to make Freiberger like his stuff. I don't know... I don't know where I have the a crossover theory. is. Sorry, I got a fly freaking driving me crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, get it. Uh, you get it, doing. <laughs> Here's my theory. <laughs> I, I Look, just not that I know Freiberger in any kind of depth, but just from what I see, like that guy is super smart, and he's super savvy, and he, I think he can see like success. And if you look at – like uh, where magazines have gone, like magazines are pretty much dead, right? They've, mm. they've done, they've, they're obsolete. Everything is online now. Social media has taken over. Right. And I think even with, I think it's the next thing, dude. I think like that whole um, hoopty challenge and, and cause Derek was on there from vice grips garage. Yeah. I think, I think they're, they are paying attention to what is going on in social media. And I think that there is something that is going to unfold here in the near future where there's going to be like, it's the new frontier. You know what I mean? And I think they want to oh, yeah. be, they want to get their toes into it before <clears throat> it happens. Mm-hmm. So before they become obsolete, yep. because it's possible that maybe motor trend becomes obsolete because YouTube doesn't need a motor trend. There's enough people out here doing their own thing that is more entertaining than, you know, what motor trend can provide. The problem, the, there's one problem with all that and okay. that's YouTube. YouTube is a problem and I oh, like so. YouTube. Don't get me wrong. Here's the problem with YouTube is the censorship stuff. Like yeah. there's things that I've said on this podcast and joking that they could flag. You know what I mean? And I don't like that level of control. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not to say I won't play with YouTube at all. I'll play with YouTube all day. But um, uh, I think if I don't think Motor Trend will ever die, I think they would try to get in on the automotive social media. That's why I was trying to get the Remember, We were talking about the developer and I was trying to get that automotive social media stuff. Because if you can corner a market like that, like if I could talk to Motor Trend, I got a couple ideas that I think if they were willing to just invest the time, I think it would pay off. I think if they did an automotive social media, I think it would pay off because I'm getting sick of seeing COVID stuff, political stuff all the time. I just want car stuff. I, (laughs) you know, and I'm a pretty political guy as far like I have my opinions, Mm -hmm. but, um, when I want car stuff, I just want car stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's why like, we joke on this podcast, you know, about little things, but, um, it'll always be about cars. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's talking about cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm going to ad lib Chris's statement just right now. Uh, I think for all the listeners and viewers, what he really just said was he just wants to do hood rat stuff with his friends. Yeah. He just wants to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's well, that's I, that's it. I think I think I think that there's some potential there that's perhaps untapped or you know is about to be tapped. I, I think. If you see Vice Grips Garage, I think he is like a good example of 
to super success in the YouTube arena. And I think that, you know, somebody like Freiberger or Motor Trend sees somebody successful like that and ha- like that guy's got millions of people that watch him and will follow him. And if you could bring him into Motor mm-hmm. Trend, they're going to come along for the ride and check it out, you know. So mm-hmm. I think they're seeing that. So Oh, definitely. They're definitely p- – you can definitely become a superstar if you get big yeah. enough on YouTube. They will give you an opportunity if if you're entertaining enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't ever see him coming. I don't ever see him knocking on my door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, but that's to be honest with you. And like if if Motor Trend talked to me, of course I'd talk to him. But I, I'm not living and dying on that hill. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, for yeah. me. It's about building the Molly Crew and Mopar stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, we'll create our own celebrity. And that's going back to what we were talking about earlier with you, Johnny. You always have the, hey, I was I had General Mayhem before there was a General Mayhem. So right. <laughs> you, you don't need, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about the Roadkill guys. I think all their stuff no. is awesome. And I love yeah. Motor Trend. No, it's cool. I like well, it's Motor refreshing. Trend. I'm glad they're here. <laughs> it's, no, Motor Trend. Roadkill was refreshing. For yeah. a lot of guys, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the 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 whole thing about it is the average person. It's it. The, the one statement sums it all up. Just go have a freaking good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go have fun. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Who cares? You're having fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the way the automotive industry is really going right now, like what's in patina. Rat, you know, ratty vehicles, creative stuff like build it, enjoy it, have fun. You know, more of the persons in the automotive scene now or away from the tube socks and New Balance tennis shoes sitting in a fold out chair behind a 66 Corvette (laughs) and more in let's get in this thing and let's drive it. Let's rip it up and down the track. Let's let's literally enjoy the tar out of it. You know, yeah. I think well, I think Roadkill tapped into that. Like I think a lot of the TV shows kind of miss that mark, right? And it's always like it making more extravagant cars, expensive yeah. cars, stuff that's out of reach for us average people. That's right. And Roadkill goes like the other way and taps into this roots thing of like average people are liking. And I. Th- yeah. I think they're seeing that in the YouTube arena too, because no matter you got these suits executives that you know say Motor Trend saying, "Hey, we should do a show like this or do a show like that." Mm-hmm. You go to you could go to YouTube and go, "Well, psh, look like this guy Derek at Vice Grips Garage. This guy has got a huge following. He's doing something right. You know, he's doing mm-hmm. some people like average yeah. people by the millions. You know, yeah." But think of it like yeah, this. Well, Look, go ahead. I think, sorry, I think ahead, Chris, Chris has been trying to say something. Yeah, he's been trying. <laughs> before, sorry. Before roadkill, before roadkill, my stepside was what I was trying to do overhauling, right? I was trying to make it perfect. I was trying to make the paint look good. I was trying to make the body look perfect. I was trying to make it, you know, I was trying to make it everything that I had seen on television. And then I tune into Roadkill, and it's like those dudes are taking a Ranchero that's a flaming pile of crap from California to to Anchorage, Alaska, to go ice yeah. racing. And I was like, "Holy crap!" 
so I can just build a pile of junk and take it and have fun with it. Like, yeah. it's not that I didn't know that. It's just that <clears throat> the car community was so closed off five years ago, 10 years ago to these junky, crappy cars because they were like, no, we don't even want those the shows we don't want those at anything else you know duct duct tape drags wouldn't have happened 15 years ago there's no way duct tape drags would have happened 15 years ago zip tie drags would not happened at that point because it wasn't that it was like let's build a concourse car and let's show up and let's run 17s but now it's (laughs) like you know what let's show up with our rusty pile of junk and run 15 yeah and have well, fun I, and do burnouts. Yeah. And it's awesome. And I think I think, you know, fifteen years ago it's I, I think it's possible it would have been successful, but who knew? You know, like who who would have thought? Yeah, I mean, if I if I was trying to come up with a show, I'd I'd look at the shows that are out there and go, Okay, overhaul and you know, that's that's mm-hmm. the high water mark. It's like we gotta have a show that kicks ass yeah. like that. Build a car in a week, make it look bitching, you know over mm-hmm. the top and you would right. you would think that's the way monster you garage go. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh god monster garage <laughs> oh man it's, right now we live in a time oh, right now man. we live in a time right now where it's all about blue collar bitching that's yeah 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 the overhauling <laughs> days and shit they're cool cars but yeah. the average guy blue collar bitching baby <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I want to yeah. say this, and it's probably not the most family appropriate statement I've ever said in my life. <laughs> but um, okay, so I preface it so everybody can like turn their headphones down. The kids put the earmuffs on, all that good stuff, right? <laughs> we had a it's really gruff, <laughs> right? We had a really gruff technician that used to work with us, and he said something that struck me, and I've seen it since posted online, but it struck me as like. This is the quintessential like average Joe statement, and it is like enlightening. It's like, son, saving your car for the next owner is like saving your wife for her next husband. <laughs> and it's like, right? Holy, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, show that up. That makes and show a out. lot of sense. Like, yep. have fun and enjoy this life. Enjoy yourself. Like, yeah. It, yeah, and, and there, I think there is also a reason why, especially with the advent of roadkill and what those guys have done, it's genius, is look at overhauling, which was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I think it came out, was the pinnacle. Everybody's like, sweet, overhauling. A guy shows up at my house, takes my car, tricks it out. It's awesome. You know how many of those cars wound up for sale on eBay because the, the customers hated them? Oh, yeah. Right. For one. Another thing is that show has been canceled and brought back so many times. It's never had a consistent following because people just got tired of immaculate, beautiful, out of the realm of reality. I mean, if you didn't live in SoCal, there's no way Chip Boost is going to show up at your house and do your car. Like, yeah, it's just not real. It's not realistic. It's the other thing is, too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Well, the other thing is, too, is that those guys didn't actually, like, they made the cars look good, but they didn't actually fix them and make them operational. That's where Lucky got his shot, right? Was Lucky was a mobile tech that they called in and they were like, hey, we've got, like, a warehouse full of cars that don't run. 
and you know come come fix these things up and lucky showed up and fixed all these cars that that overhaul and you know built and he got them all running and gave them all back to where they were supposed to be and then you know that's where Freiberger kind of met the guy and that's that's kind of hot rod garage kind of got it start because they brought him in kind of behind the scenes and then put him in front of the camera and now he's lucky costa you know but that's why he's mobile tech lucky on instagram because that's what he was that's who he was beforehand Mm -hmm. he's the one that showed up and fixed all the overhauling crap that they didn't even fix in the first place so i i I think you're i I think the reality is a lot of these TV shows like, and, and my eyes have been opened up to a lot of this shit lately, but they are all fake. There's a lot of fakery involved in them. And I think, I think, I think we're all starting to see through it, you know, and I think starting I think to see, well, there's still a lot of people out there that believe it's real, right? They think it's oh, yeah. legit, but there's most of it is bullshit. Most of it is fake. You, I mean, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when you're watching overhaul and it's like they bring in this fucking sweet ass car. Like I would die to have a car that nice. Like before they started to overhaul it, it's like, <laughs> why don't you bring in a piece of shit that's rusted out? The motors out of it, you know, like bring in a real car, mm-hmm. save it, you know, make it a the car that's got one tire in the grave, bring it back to life. Like that car does not need to be restored. It's running, it's driving. It looks bitching as the way it is, you know, <laughs> reality <laughs> shows, reality shows crack me up, dude. You want to know yeah. when I realized how unreal reality shows were was when I was on one. Maybe you guys, yep. maybe I didn't Wait, tell you guys what? about this. Yeah. No. Real world war. <laughs> you guys, I've been so, on too. You go ahead first. <laughs> I, I'm going to start this story and you guys are going to go, oh, this is about to get interesting. But I promise you, I was not the subject of the show. There's a show called Hoarders and it's pretty popular. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work. I used to work for a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yeah, this was yeah. Back, back in the day. $11 an hour. <laughs> Just worst <laughs> job ever. So we go to film. Gosh, I wonder if I could get sued for this. (laughs) Anyway, so we go to film this reality show. (laughs) And I I was against it from the beginning because I thought it was exploitive. And um, I just really didn't agree with the whole premise of the show. But uh, we're filming. And there's this one one of the episodes. I was on on two of the episodes. Um, They... I'm actually in one of the montages that they do. Like in the beginning, you can see my ass. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm bent over in this kitchen, shoveling a bunch of crap. It's, it's, it's very demeaning. I'm glad that my face was never shown. And I made, I made a point to have that because I was embarrassed of having that job. <laughs> but um, the reason why they didn't show my face is because they wanted me to wear a turtleneck to cover up my tattoo. And they wanted me to take my earrings out. And I was like, I'm not changing my appearance to be on this show. And that was like my way of not being on camera. Cause I was super embarrassed. I was like, I don't want anybody that knows me to see me on the stupid show. Yeah. I do not want that to be happen. So I managed to you see me a couple times but from behind so you don't know it's me but it's definitely me but anyways so we're on this one job and it's a scene where we're all in the backyard of this house and this old lady is going through a bunch of her stuff and her family's surrounding her and we're all kind of standing back and the grandson like loses his temper 
and he starts cussing like he uses a couple cuss words and he because his grandma's looking at all these pots and pans that are all rusty and she's like oh i want to keep these because i may have you know a big family dinner and uh the kid lost his mind he's like we're not going to use these in blah 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 and they straight up said cut 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 and I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there in the back laughing i think it's hilarious i'm like oh my god cut what are we talking about here and they're like can you say the exact same thing but don't cuss <laughs> and i was like are they they're really gonna film this <laughs> and the kid did it and i was like wow and uh that wasn't the only time the, the other one we were at they embarrassed this family so bad that the dad was like get the hell out of here i was laughing so hard <laughs> like they cut that out but i was over by the truck laughing because he's like get the hell off my property telling the whole crew everything because they were embarrassing the family yeah, and exploiting yeah. them yeah and that that one that one was gnarly too because this family lived in this little house and it didn't have running water for like two or three years so oh. they were defecating and stuff in home depot like five gallon buckets and just putting them in the backyard it was awful wow. I remember we were hauling bags of trash out of the garage and there was so many flies in the garage. And this is the one time that they had the camera on my face. And they always said, if the camera is on you, you know, make sure you're smiling. And I'm walking through this garage and I can feel the flies hitting my face. And this guy's got this camera right in my face. And I had a face mask on and I looked right in the camera. I said, this is fucking disgusting. I was so mad. And, uh, but it was watching them film that show and how many times they, they, you know, had to refilm certain scenes. Yeah. I, I was like, this is a show about people that, you know, are packed. Like all of that was real, but some of the, like dr- the dramatic stuff, um, you know, they fabricated some of it. And I was like, I can't believe they're fabricating this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I, once I experienced that, I realized that reality TV, I don't trust any of it. I don't even think there is a such thing as reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. This is reality TV right here. This is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This, this is, is all it. real shit. This is yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I not going to uh, say, well, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I'm, I'm Matt. Matt. Chris <laughs> Mad. <laughs> it's the same thing. I, uh, so I grew up like 40 minutes from the place where they recorded most of the intros for, um, you guys remember treat my truck. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so old treat my truck. I haven't thought about that yeah. in a while. Yeah. So it was recorded in Joplin, Missouri, about 40 yeah. minutes from where I grew up. Yeah. So me and my stepdad, he, he was like, he, he told me like, Hey, they're recording an episode. They're asking for extras. We're going to go up there. We're going to be part of it. And I was like, okay, sounds awesome. I'm like 12 years old. Right. So we go up and we go to this parking lot in, in Joplin and uh, we're hanging out there and they pull in all these production crews and cameras and you know five or six trailers and and they pull in this like hunk of crap pickup with like a junky like makeshift camper that that was you know supposedly the team that this guy was for the tennessee uh volunteers apparently he was a volunteers fan or something i don't know so anyway they're gonna pick up his truck it you know overhauling but for semis they're gonna yeah. pick up his semi they're gonna take it to the chrome shop mafia which is in joplin and they're gonna like trick this thing out and do the whole deal we literally were there for 16 hours <laughs> for them to get oh. like yeah, for them to get the intro, 
which was only like 20 minutes worth of footage. We were there oh for 16 God. hours for them to get about 20 minutes worth of footage. And by the time, yeah, halfway through the day, the guys that were supposed to, like the intro actors, they left. We're like, we're not doing this. This is ridiculous. So they, they were like, hey, do you want to do it? And I was like, I'm 12. So I was like, heck yeah. So they packed me into this <laughs> stupid little trailer and you know, it was a whole, everything was scripted. Everything was, this is how you're going to react. The camera's going to pan to you. This is what you're going to do. This is, you know, everything was like, you need to do this just right. The funny thing is the episode, I don't think ever made it to television. I've never seen it, but it was like so micromanaged. Every little detail was like, this is what we want you yeah. to do. This is what we want you to say. This is when the camera is going to cut to you. This is what you're going to do when it does. This is, you know, everything was, it was cut scene, you know, like, like you said, it was, it mm. was just, it was ridiculous. Was and yeah, it was wrestling. And I loved yeah. wrestling as a kid. And I knew that wrestling was yeah. fake. But yeah. there was at least a storyline that you followed. Yeah. 16 hours mm. for a 12 year old to like record a 20 minute intro was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. And I honestly, even after that, even after that, I, I never watched overhauling i never watched any of those shows the same way again because it was like it does it i know you. what it's like behind the scenes i've been there yeah. it's, it's nonsense none of this stuff is believable after you've done that mm-hmm. i i have a i have a friend that like uh and i'm not gonna say who and i'm not gonna say what show but he works like be he worked like behind the scenes so you have this tv show and mm-hmm the guys that are kind of like the actors or the main guys of the show and they're doing work, you know, they're doing some work, but after those guys go home, there's like a whole nother crew of guys that go work on the car because (laughs) it's too much. It's too much work for just like, you know, five people or four people, whoever's on on the show. And, uh, and even all the stuff that happens in the show, like, finding the car and negotiating the sales price of the car and all that kind of shit. It's like all fake, all fake. None of it, none of it We're actually lose the shop. Yeah. I like, just can't believe people buy that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. How are you? <laughs> like I, I love rust Valley, rust Valley restores. I love that show. I, I yeah. love, I love the main mm-hmm. guy, the dude with the dreads, you know, I love it. Um, but like there was, this is a classic example. They're in that big military truck. You know, he, uh, Avery just bought it, yeah, yeah. and they run out of gas. And uh, what's what's the main guy? The guy with the dreads. His I name? forget his name. Yeah, no, I forget his drawn name. Drawn a blank. Yeah. But a Mike. 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 Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mike. Mike's like, oh, I'll just walk to the gas station and get gas. So he's carrying a gas can and he's like hitchhiking as he's driving or as as he's walking. You know, and you're like. You got the last scene was from a separate car yeah. filming the truck driving yeah. down the freeway. It's like your camera crew's got a car, dude. You're not hitchhiking. Like it's just <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> the car the truck probably never ran out of gas to begin with. It's like somebody had an idea and said, Hey, pull over. We're gonna pretend like you ran out of gas. You we know? need an extra five minutes of footage of just some drama. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know he, on. you know he auctioned off a bunch of his cars. Did you hear about I that? Did. I saw, I, thought, I saw their post. Yeah. yeah, I saw the post. I thought like he was getting out of it altogether. I did. 
I don't. Know I know that, that his whole business was for sale a couple of years ago for like three million dollars or two million dollars, and uh, I was like, yeah. "How many Mopar?" I was looking at the overhead shot, and I was like, "Damn, there's a lot of Mopars there." Holy shit! Yeah. Um, and then the show came out, and then I guess he just auctioned off a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, Crazy. it sounds the the thing I saw on Instagram was the son, and he was saying like, "Hey, if you guys bought a car off auction, you need to come and get it before the end of the month. Otherwise, the new owner of the land gets the car." So, oh wow, so yeah, I guess the show's done. Yeah, hmm. well, I don't, it doesn't have to be though, right? Because they have that. There's two lots. There's the lot with That's all true. the cars, mm-hmm. and then there's the where the shop is, and they got yeah. a pretty good sized lot there too. I mean, you could still do the show. Sometimes it's just customers' cars coming in or they're hunting down a car. It's like you really – how? I mean, I know he's pulled some of them out of his field, but – or did he? Maybe he didn't pull them out of the field. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it, but – you could still do a show. You don't need all those cars. The future of automotive entertainment, I think, is stuff like maybe not necessarily the live stuff, which I'm really happy that more people are doing lives. I fucking love these live streams. Um, but I really do think it's like the grassroots type. Of, like if we've talked about it privately, if <laughs> if any one of us pop off and make a lot of money, it's on. And the yeah. content that we will be producing of all the crazy shit we do is going to be off the chain. Yes, um, sir. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff because, you know, we're real people. We don't yeah. bullshit. If I mm-hmm. if I had a TV show and they try to like if if any network came to me and they had an idea for a TV show, I would have to look at them dead in the face and go, look, no dramatized bullshit. I don't want your five million dollars. <laughs> I, I don't real. No. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cue me and Johnny Mopar like, oh, well, I guess I got to get gas now. We ran out yes. of gas. <laughs> you want me to walk and right. hitchhike at the same time? No problem. <laughs> and to your point, that's I think that's where Roadkill succeeds immensely is the fact that those guys will just straight up tell you like, hey, we had the camera crew go to the parts store and pick up an alternator and a belt because it broke on the side of the road. And we don't want to yeah. be stuck out here because it sucks real bad. I did like, want to talk about nobody that. Nobody else bit. does that. I think that they may be the only authentic TV show out there, to I be honest. They, yeah, yeah. Right. because they're straight up like, hey, this yeah. sucks. We don't want to be stuck out here because it's cold or it's hot yeah. or whatever. And we're wanting to go to the hotel and drink beer. So, well, and I, I think know. it's validated with failure because, like, mm-hmm. I, I know they did a. What was it maybe it was a Ford Galaxy, maybe it was a Fairlane, I don't know, but they like the engine went to shit. They got together with some high school or something like that, and they got their motor, like they had built a motor, and they actually installed it in the parking lot of the hotel they're staying at. And something went wrong. Like wh- however the motor was built, it wasn't put together right, and the motor just died. You know, <laughs> it was dead. They were they were screwed. It was over. And Freiburger's like it was put together wrong. It won't run. It's like, he's like, we're done. It's, it's done, done yeah. deal. The end of the episode, basically, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And right. so I think that validates the fact that it's, you know, it's authentic, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, well, and even life, with the famous cars, they did, they, yeah, they did the same thing with the Rotson. They tried to drive the Rotson to SEMA and the Rotson broke down and they were like, it broke down before we even got there. This thing is a piece of crap. We're going to SEMA. We're going to leave this thing in the parking lot because it sucks. And see you next time. Sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, at least they're straight up about it. They didn't try to make it seem like they made it to SEMA. You know, they did burnouts, yeah. the Rotson won but awards. I, like I never get anxiety that. though. I never get anxiety from that show though, because I know they have the support vehicles and shit. You know what I mean? Right. You know yeah, well, that they're going to get out of the yeah, situation. They, yeah. Yeah. But say, the say Johnny Mopar, Johnny Mopar down, and I jump in the caravan and go wherever they need to go. And it's, it is what it is. Johnny yeah. Mopar and I decided to do a YouTube show about us driving to Mo party in his charger and shit happens. We don't have a support crew. It's me and Johnny going, <laughs> Fuck, do you have triple A? Cause I don't. <laughs> What's your brain? Yeah. That's part of the reason we drove the challenger to Mo party this year. And so the mighty max or chief, because neither one of them would have made it. But I think that's the next I think that's the next level of automotive content because I think people people love Roadkill, but then you get the haters that are like, "Oh, you sold out when you went to Motor Trend. We loved you better when you're on YouTube." <laughs> it's like you loved them better when they were on YouTube. They produced great content when they went to Roadkill. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what I was the uh, people want authenticity, like yeah. pure authenticity. They want to see you in the shit. They want to see you yeah, break yeah, down yeah, and go, yeah, yeah, we yeah. are screwed. Like yeah, this yeah. ain't no TV bullshit. We don't have a grand caravan yeah. with cameras in it. We are screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite roadkill episodes, I, I forget the car. I can see it. It's a white car. It was the one where they literally had cash in their pocket. They kind of like threw the dart at the, the map yeah. and they flew out to yeah. some podunk town in the middle of nowhere and they bought was it like a grand prix a 70 grand prix or some yeah. some yeah. hoopty and it was like all right we got to make this all the way back to california and, and have it sold by the time we get home or <laughs> something and yeah, you know they pulled in like kansas and they were like this isn't gonna make it <laughs> yeah it was something <laughs> yeah but i mean it was just so real and it was like Kind of inspiring yeah. too. It's like, man, yeah. I want to do something crazy like that. You know, Dude, I I saw. I think uh, it might have been muscle cars at the strip or something like that. There was somebody I saw somewhere. I don't remember if it was fake. I think it was on Facebook. But a guy was rolling a Challenger from here in California. You know, going to Vegas, and like he broke down on the road like halfway out and he was like throwing up the the smoke signals you know and <laughs> he was like you know hey i don't i don't remember what he needed like say it was an alternator or something like that like is if there's anybody in the area that could bring me an alternator like you know asking for help and somebody actually came out and helped him you know so mm -hmm. i think that's the power of social media today yep. and that dude i think that was like five yep. or ten years ago i saw that you know uh mm -hmm. I can only imagine. I mean, if we got Chris Albrecht in the car and he's doing lives <laughs> and shit goes wrong, like, all right, guys, uh, we need a we need a new eight three quarter. <laughs> We're on the side of the road on the fifty freeway, right. you know, and. We prefer a 411, I, but if you've got a 355, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I hope, I hope Mopar's ready. If I run into any Mopar executives at SEMA next week, That's it's so going to be exciting. It's going to be hard for me not to say, "Hey, I have this idea," and all it's going to take from you <laughs> is some crate engines, and yeah. I, I have a crew of guys, and we will come up with the wildest shit. You have ever seen <laughs> now Listen, whether it will all will succeed have, or not <laughs> i will have the fastest mighty max on the planet if you get a hold of those so it's gonna be okay <laughs> we're gonna make this work 
we, we've <laughs> talked about it. We've talked about some stuff off air that I think would be really cool. And I really want to make that happen someday. It's just a matter of time. You got to be patient. Yeah. You know, we don't have backing from Motor Trend or, you know, because let's be honest, if Freiberger didn't have Hot Rod and his history in magazines, probably wouldn't be a roadkill right now. You know, yeah, yeah. that stuff wouldn't yeah. exist. And unfortunately, n- as far as I know, none of us are involved in any magazines. This is what we have. We have yeah. social media and mm-hmm. the content I that we produce. I think there might be one involved in a magazine in the near future. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about that off air. Because yeah. <laughs> it sure as hell ain't me. Well, I know Playgirl hasn't called me at all. Like we're doing a special content right. creator yet. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still hope. Hey, we saw your ass on that uh, picking up trash show. Uh, yeah. Orders. <laughs> we wanted to do a spread with just guys wearing just trucker hats. Yeah, that would be great. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we might all be right. looking back at this very moment, guys. You know and. It, it might be like, you know, Freiberger getting his job or his intro into Hot Rod Magazine or Carcraft or wherever he started, you know, and we might be there right now. We're at the beginning, the very first steps of something huge, you know. I hope so. It'd be pretty awesome if we could. Uh, social media is, I mean, you can make money without any corporate backing. You just have to build the following and just be patient and make the right moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And be self-funded. Being self-funded and independent is probably the best thing you could do. <laughs> I would love to just make enough money to, to make what I'm making now with a job. And then this is my job, you know, just make just, just enough money to support myself and then shit, be able to live anywhere. I don't have to live here close to my industry. I've got all my experience in. It's like I can go anywhere in the country and do the same thing, you know, and dude. and then do shit like, dude, if we had the freedom to, we didn't have to worry about a job and all these <laughs> events, you know, duct tape drags, Mo party, you know, muscle cars at the strip, whatever it is, like we just planned those events out through the whole year and we did something like, shit build a couple of cars you know so if one of them breaks down we've got a rescue with the other one or something <laughs> we just we're driving to these events that's our purpose we're getting to these events you know right yeah there's not going to be a support caravan it's going to be a support boogie van boogie yeah van, I'll tell you that, that would be awesome. <laughs> that'll probably break down too but that's okay <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's a boogie van so to exactly. close it out i'm gonna get off of here I'm, I'm i'm ready to close this out for myself anyway you guys can keep going my whole goal and this is what i've told matt too i don't care if this i don't care if the podcast pays my bills i don't care if youtube pays my bills I, really i don't all i want the ultimate goal is for for this to end up eventually paying for me to build my crap so that my normal job just pays my house payment and my car payments. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> if, if I can just build my, my, my truck and my 50 and my 72 ch- charger and eventually the 15 to be a drag car, that's all I want. Like, Legitimately, if I can just buy hot rod parts with with podcast money, I'll know I've made it. That's how. Yeah, do you have? Do you have to buy them? 
<laughs> or or yeah, or they're shipped to me and they go, hey, try this out if you like it, you, you can go. keep it. And I can go, yeah, whatever. I just want to put hot rod parts on my car without taking the money out of my pocket. That's that's the ultimate yeah, goal. You'll get there, dude. Yeah. Unless you're spending all your money on traveling, then you won't have money for parts <laughs> for cars. Because I'll tell you Which right now, if I'm I didn't go to some me. events, that boogie van would be on the road right now and Mr. Norm would have a Hemi in it. I've spent so much money getting to these events, but that's all right. Gotta gotta get those as baby steps. Like I was telling you guys, after Mo Party, my numbers went up. I don't know what happened, but uh going to these events not only is a great time, but it's also a great way to um spread the word about you know the content and stuff like that. So it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm out. real you quick, before you go, Chris, you guys. before you go, okay, before go you ahead. go, just real quick, like, so there's a speed shop over here in Riverside near where I live called Mazzolini Racing, right? And he's an old school mm-hmm. drag racer and blah, blah, blah. I know that at one point, like Chrysler gave him like cars so that he can make into drag cars like for free, you know, here's a car. So you're talking about those Hemis and stuff like that. I think if we get enough, a big enough footprint and there, and for them to pay attention to us, we could get some of those Hemis and drop them in cars, make projects out of them and roll them across country for free. Well, somewhat for free. They have that program already at SEMA. Do they? Yeah. So there's actually a Chrysler program. You can uh, apply. It's an application process. You apply. You tell them what you need, what you want to do, what you want to build. And you have to, I mean, you have to be organized. You have to have a game plan. You have to have a schedule and, you know, they'll prove it. But uh, yeah, so they supply you with whatever it may be. And then at the end of it, there has to be an agreement on disposal. So um, this goes for anything. Uh, it's really more um, frequently used for complete cars. So like um, you go to SEMA and there might be five businesses out there that are sponsored. You know, Dodge gave a Ram gave them a free TRX. Basically, they got a free TRX so that they could put their fender flares and wheels and tires on it and advertise it. So I actually looked into the literature. There is a program where, you know, build specific. Uh, you can apply through Chrysler and get those things. Cool. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, Blake, I think you and I have talked about this maybe on a podcast at some point. Maybe I, I, It sounds familiar. I think you and I have talked about this in the past Um, because I I remember going, wait, dispose it. What what do we got to do? We got to get rid of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, unfortunately. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take care of it. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll get it crushed next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Later, guys. Chris, thanks for joining us. Later, man. Make sure you guys subscribe and listen to the Mad Fro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts featuring Chris Maddox and Matt Monroe and Fro. And then there there were three. See you later, Chris. Thanks for joining us, buddy. And then there were three. Three. Um, Gosh. yeah, man, uh, I'm pretty excited for SEMA next week. Um, you it's gonna be, be gonna be lonely without my buddies, though, man. I was really hoping somebody. I would know. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. I get it. For though. You, though, I, I totally get it. Um, I 
I got my buddies from CarTech. Speaking of which, I got I to gotta let everybody know. CarTech Books sent me some pretty cool books. Nice. So they sent me muscle car special editions. So in this book, you're going to see cars like the Yankos, the Shelbys, the Mr. Norm cars. Um, a really cool book. I'm starting to dig into that one. And then they sent me a whole book on the Hemi under glass. No way. So, uh, yeah, awesome. I got to get cool. into this. Um, they sent me uh, a book about the Motown missile and stuff. Um, so I'm going to try working on getting the authors on the show at some point. Uh, oh, that would be nice. But yeah, they were really cool. Sent Randomly sent me the books. I've got a couple buddies over there. So I'm actually going to meet up with them at SEMA. And, um, but yeah, for anybody that is into automotive literature, like I am, make sure you go to cartechbooks.com. They got a lot of cool stuff, including like how to stuff. I have a couple, um, how to, uh, books for small block Mopars and, um, Gen three Hemi's. They've got a couple good books mm-hmm. on that stuff. Good general knowledge books. Um, mm-hmm. and then history books. I, I love that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm really excited. I have, to uh, those books. I have a Chrysler rear end differentials build book by them. I'm yeah. pretty sure I do. Yep. And I have some of the Hemi books. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very well written and easy to use also as a guide. Yeah. You know, if like you're, you're in the shop and you're, you know, what was the torque spec on? Mm-hmm. It's in the, the, the charts in the book. So yeah, yeah I've really appreciated not only the, the, I say the content of, you know, what they're, they're telling and communicating, but yeah. also the resource port of it too. So, if, yeah. you know, you have information to actually do something with. Yeah, they were, uh, I cracked them open and kind of, especially with the gen three Hemi book, I was kind of coming at it as a, mm. I wonder if, if I knew nothing like zero about these engines, is this book going to help me learn anything? And I remember looking at it, I was like, this is a pretty, it's a pretty good Mm -hmm. book. I mean, they go into the history of the engine. So, you know, a little bit about it. And then they go from beginning to end. Now it's not a factory service manual by any means, but it's, it's enough to break down an engine and put it back together. You know, if you have the right resources, like a good machine shop and things like that. Um, So it's definitely a good guidebook. And I think it's, I think books like that are essential in, um, Mm -hmm. you know, on the shelf in the garage. Or in the office, I got a bunch on my shelf in here. Um, mm. But yeah, thanks to CarTech Books. And uh, like I said, if you're into automotive literature like me, make sure you go to CarTechBooks.com. Um, Johnny, yes, thousand subscribers on YouTube, dude. I know, dude. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yes, I man, I was so excited to see that. That's that's awesome. cool, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I it's been a I've been pretty frustrated with the whole trying to get monetized stuff. Uh, I did take your advice and I went to GoDaddy, and I I thought I got I bought a website, but I guess I just bought a domain, you mm-hmm. know. And it's unfortunately it's very vague, not very clear on the uh, AdSense stuff, like what to actually do. But long story short, I figured out. Got to create a website, not just have the domain, and then and then I was able to get in and and mm-hmm. uh, paste the AdSense thing in, and um, I think I'm good. I think so. We'll see. So I'm ready for you know the pennies and nickels to start rolling in. <laughs> so yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. They'll but. they'll come, and you'll see it over time. It's what's really crazy about monetization on YouTube is it's a rolling rate of accrual. So it's not, um, you know, like, um, 
oh, it's X amount of dollars per click. It's they average everything out. So you actually you could watch it on your creation studio. You'll see, okay, it's trending to make twenty dollars this month. And then I'll, that'll be halfway through the month. You're trending to make $20. And then maybe you'll have some views that drop. And then you'll check before the end of the month actually happens. Excuse me. Um, it'll be like $12 or something. And it'll, it'll fluctuate. It goes up and down, up and down. You will not actually get a payment until you reach $100 of ad revenue per month. Yeah. So this stuff just kind of slowly builds in the background. And then all of a sudden, as you get the views and you've reached that $100 a month mark, then they'll start actually issuing checks. Uh, but there's just like so many little nuances. It's like you got to have this and that and you got to have 4,000 yeah. hours within a, tw- a 12 month window. And yeah. uh, it's it's pretty technical, but. It is, I will say it is refreshing after a month. So you're monetized now. That's awesome because it won't be long. It's going to be slow. Don't expect a lot at at first, Um, you know, 30, 40 bucks, something like that. But I don't expect anything, dude. I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm just trying to check the boxes so that, you know, when the big one happens and, you know, That's we it, freaking skyrocket, I'm all set. <laughs> no, you are. You're doing everything right. Um, I, I'm just speaking from my experiences. I, I was like, oh, man, I thought it would be a little bit more, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it just it grows and it grows kind of exponentially. So, like, it'll start and then it just goes up by a certain, you know, amount every well, month. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting how it's weird, man, because just starting off, it's so slow as far as mm-hmm. people subscribing to your channel, you know, and you're, 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 you're evolving yourself and, you know, I think things are getting better and maybe a little more streamlined and stuff. And, uh, but it's really slow. And then like, I think, uh, I think duct tape drags did a nice big boost for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I posted some stuff like right in the middle of the event and it was on the internet or on YouTube. So when people searched it, it was probably one of the first things, you know, it was a high on the list basically. Cause yeah. I think I was front running it a little bit. So I think that helped. And then like, uh, hooking up with battery productions and those guys, I mean, those are, there's sort of like a, a whole network of YouTubers in there that, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been kind of cross promoting each other and stuff. So I think that's helped a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and just Mopar Joe's dropped my name a few times and this guy's kind of got together and was pushing me. So trying to get me over that's the cool. top, that 1000 mark. So, and that's, yeah, that's the way it's done that. Yeah. And yeah. I cool. think, it, yeah, I, it, it's like, you know, it takes a village, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's all of us sort of teaming up together and helping each other out. And it, it makes it more fun. I mean, dude, honestly, Chris, I mean, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for you. It wasn't for your, your podcast, you know, hey. <laughs> it's uh, it's just amazing how serendipity is kind of just, you know, here I am and, I'm, you know, not like I'm some huge YouTube channel or anything right now, but you know, you're doing good though, man. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. And it, it's having friends like you guys that are doing it also that kind of help keep you going, you know, cause if you were going to do all this on your own, it's tough. like, it yeah, really it's tough. hard, hard, yeah. you know, it is. I, uh, I could sit here and say, Oh yeah, it was really hard work doing what I did to get 
uh, the Mopar Hunter where it got to the point where I could start a podcast and actually had a built in audience. Like I could say it was a lot of hard work, but in reality it was just a, it was a vision and just chipping away at it slowly over six years going on seven years (laughs) just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And I I haven't made it rich yet. And I've been doing it a lot longer than some of the YouTubers (laughs) that have done it and Mm -hmm. made big names, but everybody's path is different. That's why, That's like, right. for me, like what you were saying, Johnny, as far as like everybody promoting, like that, um, that, uh, like, uh, how can I put this? Um, the group of people that are content creators that help push each other, that's like its own ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where yeah. you don't need a motor trend, you just need a, a conglomerate. And an ecosystem of people with the same goals to push each other. That's why, like, I have no problems dropping, you know, bad tree productions, (laughs) you know, muscle city madness, things like that. I have no problem saying other people's names and saying, Hey, go check their stuff out. Just Mopar Joe, go check his stuff out. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, when somebody else succeeds, eventually someone will find my stuff. You know, if they don't find me and they find somebody else, eventually through that grapevine, they will find it. It's all about cross promotion. You were just on muscle city madnesses, um, on Ruben's, uh, live stream. (laughs) You know what I mean? We've been on Brian's live stream. It's just a matter of just networking. I love the networking. Uh, I, I wish that we were so organized where somebody had a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so that, nobody was, you know, stepping on anybody's toes and we were all, we all had everything evened out and we all got a little piece of the pie, but you know, this, that's the only downside of this networking thing is like, you know, you're not going to get everybody on the same page, but you Mm -hmm. know, if we all drop each other's names and promote each other, then you never know who's going to, who's going to make it and stuff. You just have to remember who, uh, you know, don't step on P if you get big, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Johnny's yeah. got a fucking hot wheel now. So like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> wait, uh, if, wait. So there's, I think there's special editions. You have to buy them have, through. You have to subscribe. to subscribe. So that was frustrating too, because I already subscribed to <laughs> motor trend, but I mm-hmm. did it over my phone. Right. And uh, then, so I went on the website, like, Hey, you know, I'll go ahead and subscribe for another 12 months behind my current subscription, which is what Mm. they're telling you to do. But because I did it over my phone, it's, uh, and it was, what was it? Yeah, it was just through the phone. I couldn't, I couldn't do shit from the website. It was so, it was jacked up. So I, I had to, I had to cancel my subscription and then resubscribe. And I don't even know if it's going to work. Like oh. I am resubscribed, but I don't know if I'm actually going to get the car. There's not, they don't give you anything like, Hey, all right, cool. You checked all the boxes. You're good to go. Yeah, Your car yeah. will be showing up next week. You know, it's so I don't even know if it's going to work. I'm so frustrated with it, but I want I'm that gonna, freaking car, man. I want that. I'm going to look on eBay. If I find one, <laughs> they're already on there. I've seen Are you them, serious. They're, yeah. They're the like pre, before you could even get one, there was guys selling some. I don't know how they get them, but it was like a hundred bucks or so a car. That, hey, wow! You just reach yeah. out to Dave Freiberger and be like, "Hey, dude, you know what I mean? Hey, that one I don't that ask you had for in much. the video you shoved in your pocket. <laughs> send it. I want. It. I don't ask for much, but can I get a in hot right. wheel, man? Come on, <laughs> he's gonna send me the hood. He's gonna pop the dollar. 
Oh God. Uh, yeah, man. But yeah, good times, well, man. Let's. Uh, we've almost gone three hours. I think that's enough for tonight. Yeah. Um, I know Blake's getting tired. There, he's about to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> if if Big Block was here, he'd already be sleeping in the corner. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks a lot for joining me, guys. It's always a pleasure yeah. talking to my buddies. Anytime, man. And uh, we'll, we're gonna get back on the train and keep uh, keep these things going, and uh, keep pushing. So yeah, let's uh, go ahead and tell everybody uh, where we can find you. Let's start with Johnny. Johnny, where can everybody find your content and all your fun stuff? Uh, go to YouTube. That's where most of my stuff is. Johnny Mopar with a space between it. The Johnny's got no H in it. So you can find me pretty easily. Yeah. And if you search johnnymopar.com now, it'll go straight to my YouTube. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Johnnymopar.com, folks. Yep. It is happening. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but I'm also on Facebook, uh, and there's Johnny Mopar's Garage on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I am on Instagram as Johnny Mopar. I can't remember if I put a little line between the Johnny and the Mopar, if it's just one word. I think you just got Johnny Mopar, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you are just at Johnny like Mopar. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, sir. that's where you can find me. You can awesome. Find Make me. sure you subscribe, share his videos, and yes. uh, tell all your Mopar buddies about it. Um, Blake. The infamous Blake Anderman from DIY Hemi. Where can they find your stuff, buddy? Uh, DIYHemi.com. That's uh, the most direct place, and we're on the social media platform. So we're on uh, Facebook as just DIY Hemi, Instagram as DIY Hemi, and believe it or not, the lovely Mr. Matt convinced us to get a TikTok. So we have one TikTok (laughs) out there from Moparty. Um, we're not that active on it, um, <laughs> but we have it and, and that's half the battle. Yes. You know, Hey, do not. So check this out before we go Facebook. So I've been kind of, you know, for those of you that listen to the podcast, I've been dealing with some stuff. I've been sick a couple times, you know, with all the traveling and stuff, mm-hmm. um, got home. My daughter was sick. I got sick yeah. twice. I got good for like three days and then I got sick again. And after during that three days where I felt fine, I did a podcast and I was like, all right, we're back. We're back in the saddle. And then I got sick, started losing my voice. And I was like, oh, of course. And then, you know, my mom's having health problems. So uh, I'm finally getting back on board here. But I was getting messages from Facebook saying, hey, we're offering you a bonus because now we're monetizing reels because they want to compete with YouTube shorts and TikTok. So I've been sitting here for a couple months now, not understanding that Facebook's like, Hey, produce these reels and we're going to bonus you and pay you for So now I'm like, all right, I need to get on this reels thing. I didn't even know what they were. (laughs) I just started seeing them on Facebook. Like, what are these reels? And then I saw the messages on creator studio on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, how did I miss this? (laughs) So I got it. I got to get in on that, but the short form video stuff do not sleep on it. And um, TikTok may be too late to get a huge following, but Facebook reels, I think they're pushing it right now. So Mm. um, I don't know what, accessibility people have mm-hmm. for it but they reached out to me and said it's monetizable uh-huh. because i'm already monetized for everything else so but it's a great way to try to get to that those numbers that you need to monetize facebook especially if you have a business page so keep that in mind definitely don't sleep on that and i guess they're pushing it really hard to compete uh, with tiktok I mean, and stuff so yeah i, yeah, I, that, I, I didn't know to me 
I, I didn't don't think, know. I don't think there's any money involved with TikTok. And I know on YouTube, the YouTube. Unless you're huge. You have to be huge. If you have millions of views, I think you can get sponsors and stuff, but I don't huh. think it's monetizable like YouTube or Facebook yet. Yet. I, well, I don't. I don't even think the shorts on YouTube are monetized. Oh, I don't really? Think they are. I could be wrong, but I don't hmm. think they are. But they still say you should do them to get people yeah. to come into yeah. your channel and then see your other stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to start messing around with reels, but um, that's it, folks. Uh, the next time you see me. I will be in SEMA doing some vlogging and stuff. I don't know how much live streaming I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do some, but most of the content is going to come um, from my little GoPro. So hopefully it's got stabilization too. So for everybody bitching about my camera and my, my videography <laughs> sucking, don't worry about it. <laughs> You're going to have your thumb over the, the lens. <laughs> yeah. A couple guys are like, don't quit your day job. And I was like, oh, you mean picking up trash? Yeah. Don't worry about it. I won't. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) But on that note, I am your host, Chris Albrecht. You can find me at TalkingMopars.com and right here on the Talking Mopars Facebook page. Um, That's Johnny Mopar. That's Blake. I'm Chris. And we'll see you next time. No Mopar left behind. Hemi Swap the World. Okay, my friends, this upcoming week, I will be bringing you coverage from the SEMA show in Las Vegas. If you can't make it down to Sin City, do not worry, do not fret. I will be there to make sure that you don't miss out. So stay tuned for content from SEMA. You will find it all on the Talking Mopars Facebook page. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, concerns, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Also, if you'd like to help support Talking Mopars, you can do that by picking up some Talking Mopars merch in the merch shop. You can order cool things like t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and more. I even have a Talking Mopars neck gaiter, so you don't have to look like a dork in that blue medical mask anymore. You can find the shop on TalkingMopars.com. You can also help support the show by becoming a Facebook supporter on the Talking Mopars Facebook page, and every month you will be entered into a fun monthly giveaway of something cool related to Mopars. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.